Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. How's everybody doing this morning? Anybody have enough church already? That was good, right? I don't even need to preach. That's what I like. Been that good so far. Um, well, welcome to Renew Life Church. Hey, if you're our first time guest, let's give all them a big hand for being here. Come on, let's welcome them. them. Man, we're really glad, really glad you're here. My name's Keith, and I'm the, uh, the campus pastor here in Lubbock. And um, man, we, as you can see, we're, we, we've kind of, just to kind of jump right off into it this morning, we've kind of jumped, off, we've kind of jumped into a, uh, what I believe is a new season, a new season in this church, a new season um, going after the things of God. In fact, last week, Braden kind of opened up a message, and he, he, he titled it, The Voices in Our Head. And we began to talk about what it means to, to hear God and hear the voice of God. But there was something that happened at the end of his message. Um, he preached for about 35 minutes, and about the last 10 minutes, there was something that he, he, he kind of settled into and settled on. And he began to ask the question, and it's a question I want to ask again to you today. Why do we want to hear God? First of all, let's just start this way. If you want to hear God, raise your hand this morning. I like participation. Anybody? Okay, the whole church. We all want to hear God. Good, good thing. Because he didn't raise your hand, I was going to ask you to leave. Um, I'm just kidding. I was, not, I was not going to do that. We all want to hear God. The next question, though, I want you to ask yourself is why? Why do we want to hear God? Do we want to hear God so that we can figure out what to do, so that we can know what to do? Or do we want to hear God so that we can get to know him? When we go and we spend time with God, when we get into his presence, is it so that we can get an answer for our life? Is it so that we can get over and overcome something in our life? Or is it just for the sole fact that we want to spend time with him? I'll say this today, there's nothing wrong with going to God with your burdens. There's nothing wrong with going to God with the cares and the worries of life. In fact, Jesus actually told us to do that. But there's another side to pursuing God that many of us in in good old West Texas may have not ever heard about or never actually ventured into. And And it's a side of God and it's a pursuit of God where we don't go to him doing all the right things, doing all the good things, but we literally try to get into his presence to spend time with him and get to know him. Did you know that you can feel God tangibly? Did you know that his presence is readily available to us. You know, for a lot of us, if if you grew up in church, would you raise your hand? Anybody who just grew up in church? So by far, the majority of, of this audience, we grew up in church, and really, if, we were, if, if we're really honest, that one of the first things that we learned about pursuing God was to pray and to read our Bible. You need to pray. If you grew up in the 90s like me, you need to pray, you need to read your Bible, and you need to throw away all your bad CDs. <laughs> if, you were do, if you were doing those three things, you were on fire for the Lord. Come on. I had a ton of friends who threw whole CD cases away and then just bought all of them right back. <laughs> But in our pursuit of God, it, it, it kind of looked like a, a daily devotional where we, we read a, a scripture and, and we, we, we may even 
Um, if we're a little bit more charismatic, we may listen to a worship song and then we pray and then we kind of go on. Hear me today, there's more. There's more of God than just that. There's more than just that. If that's who you are and that's all you've done to this point, that's fine. In fact, <laughs> kudos to you because that's more than a lot of Christians do. We should pray, we should read our Bible. That's actually one of the ways we get close to him. There's also moments where we can actually sit in his presence. You've actually already experienced that today. If you could feel God in worship, would you raise your hand? We're just gonna raise our hand a bunch today. Sorry about that. He was here. It was purposeful. There was a reason we sing the songs that we sang. It's because what it all boils down to is actually getting close to God. What it all boils down to is that there's no one else that can satisfy like him. Isn't this the way that he created us? Isn't this how he started off our, our, our journey with him? And you, you read in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, what do we see? We see God creating Adam and Eve, and we see God coming and spending time with them. He was even nice enough not to, co to come in the heat of the day, but to come in the cool of the day. As if to point, point to the fact that, oh, when I come to spend time with you and you with me, it actually feels good. From the very beginning, we can see the heart of God and that's for his people to be with him and him to be with his people. It was a walking, it was a, a walking out with Adam and Eve. I love that we don't read in scripture that, you know, uh, that they had their, their Bible time in the cool of the day. <laughs> but it was actually God himself that showed up. I believe we are moving into a season of intimacy with the Lord. Hear me today. I believe we are moving into a season, we've already stepped into it, of intimacy with the Lord. You might be sitting here and thinking, I don't know how to be intimate with the Lord. That's why we're in the season. It's okay. You know what? I don't know how to be all, be all the way intimate with him either. But we're stepping into a season of learning and growing together. If you're here today and you've kind of been wanting vision for your life and vision, vision in, in regards to the, the relationship that you have with the Father, hear me today. I believe the season that you need to pursue and the season that you're in is to pursue intimacy with him, to get close to him, to love on him and let him love on you, to have moments in his presence, to spend time with him, not just reading our Bible, not just praying, check that, check that one, check that one, check that one, and move on about our day, but sitting and waiting on him. We're gonna begin to actually talk about what it means to do that, what it looks like to be intimate with him. And today, I, I kind of wanna jump off into, into this talk around intimacy and, and jump off into the subject of being honest with God. I wanna talk about what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it means to be honest with God. Did you know that it's okay to be honest with God? Did you know that he can handle your honesty? Did you know that you can get really, really, really honest with him in your anger, in your frustration, in your disappointment, in all the crap going on in your life? Like you can just get really, really honest with God. 
Not only can you do that, but he's actually inviting us into that. You know, I've discovered over, over years of just pursuing God and just in my own personal life, there's something special that happens when we get honest with him. And what I've learned is that when we get honest with God, we invite him into places in our heart that he's actually never been before. Hear me today. Honesty leads to intimacy. Your honesty with him, it will lead to intimacy. If you're here today, say, I want to be intimate with God, but I don't know how. It starts with honesty. It starts with vulnerability. It starts with coming before him in, your, in, 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 in how you really feel, what you really think, what you really want to say. And it's our honesty that literally provides an invitation to God to come in to whatever we're talking to him about. If you have your Bible today, I want you to open up to a, a story out of, out of Luke chapter 10. I'm gonna read the story of Mary and Martha. Before we get there, before you put it on the screen, I, I kind of just, as, as we're talking about honesty with God, just to give you a good example of this, um, many of us have actually experienced how honesty leads to intimacy. And, and, and more than likely, everyone in the room, we've actually, we've been honest with someone and we've experienced intimacy with that person. For guys, you know, this usually, the best place to get honest is around a campfire. Come on, somebody, right? For some, for some reason, guys get out in the outdoors, they get around a campfire where they, they, they have something they can stare at and so they don't have to look at each other and they can stare at the fire. Like, yeah, man, I'm just really emotional right now. And for some reason, when there's a fire, it's like, dude, me too, man, me too. It's like, we, we get, there's these moments where, where guys, we, we've been honest with, with, with one another. Girls, same thing. And, and it's like you go to a women's retreat or, or you have a girl's night out and, and I, 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 don't, I can't lie, you know, for guys or girls, beer or wine usually helps the honesty to start flowing a little bit better. But whatever it is, there's been these moments where we've gotten honest with someone. You've been honest with someone or someone's been honest with you. And you know what happens? The moment that they're honest with you, you feel how much closer you get. You feel the intimacy. They show a side of themselves to you that you've never seen before. They get real, real honest and all of a sudden you feel closer. Hear me today. It's exactly the same way with God. It's exactly the same way with him. When we get honest with him, he comes close. In Luke chapter 10, we, we see a story here of Mary and Martha and I want to read it to you. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And it says this, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. <clears throat> this sounds like a lot of conversations wives have with their husband. Jesus, don't you, would you smack him and tell him to come? Okay, moving on, verse 41. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, 
and it will not be taken away from her. We just take a moment and pray with me today. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this service. We thank you for this word. Um, yeah, Lord, we open up our heart. We open up our spirit just to, um, just to receive you, to receive your truth, to learn from you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into the room. We welcome you into this conversation because you are the one that leads and guides into all truth. Yeah, we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Touch us, God. Amen, amen, amen. You know, I think there's a lot that we can learn from this story of, of Mary and Martha. We've all probably heard the story and, and um, we've heard different, different messages that have come from the story. And, and I'll just be really, really honest. As I started to look into intimacy with God, this is one of the first place he, places he pointed me was to get in this story of Mary and Martha because, you know, here we have Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. If there was, uh, if there was a place in scripture where you can see intimacy between a person and Jesus, you see it in Mary. And not only that, with the story, you actually get to see a contrast between two people. You get to see a Mary and you get to see a Martha. And I would, I would argue today that each of us has a Mary side and a Martha side when it comes to our relationship with God. That's why this story is so powerful. We see Mary doing the right thing and we see Martha distracted, right? We see, we see Martha trying to prepare the dinner and try to work, work for Jesus and try to get things done. And, 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 and she's working and she's moving around and, and then she's getting mad at Mary for just sitting there not doing anything. And before we go any further with our conversation today, it all hinges on this, 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 this point right here. I want to ask you today, do you relate more with Martha or with Mary when you get into the presence of God? When you come in, see, Martha invited Jesus in. When you invite Jesus into your life, what's the first way you respond? What's the first reaction that you have? Is it, oh, you know, you know here's, a good, here's a good practical example. Maybe you, aren't, you haven't been to church for two or three weeks and you walk into church for the first time and you encounter the presence of God. What's the first things you start thinking about? Is it, oh, you know, Jesus, you know, I know it's been three weeks. I know you know it's been three weeks. Uh, but I'm here. I, I promise you, I will do better. I prom and, it, and then, and then you, you get into the presence of God and you have to work through all your junk. And then finally by the fourth song, that's when you really start to worship. Come on. I've been in church a long time. I know what you think. Cause I was there. I still deal with that. We, we, we work through our sin and we have this mindset that the Lord is judging us and we're not good enough and we've got to get better and we start making commitments to him. Lord, I promise you, I know it was only once a week this, that, this week that I read my Bible. I'm going to go for at least four to six. Can I, can I get four to six? Uh, and you, you, you begin, when you get into the presence of Jesus, what's your first reaction? So I believe that sometimes our, our first reaction is a lot like Martha and not like Mary. And, and, and I wish that, we, that people would walk in and feel the presence of God. And instead of thinking of all the ways they could get better, they have, instead of saying, Lord, I'll do better, they say, Lord, it's just good to be with you today. It's the difference between having a Mary mentality and a Martha mentality. You know, I, I was reading a devotional this week, I actually brought up this story and, and uh, I love, a lot of preachers will use this, 
this, uh, this passage and say, hey, you know, there's, there's, the Mar- there's the Mary side where we spend time with Jesus, but also, hey, that dinner needed to be prepared. Martha, she, she, was, she was serving, so you need to serve in the church. Anybody ever heard that message from this passage? Yeah. Only problem is, is that Jesus actually didn't say Martha did the right thing. Martha was wrong. <laughs> We're supposed to learn from what she w- was not doing, right? In other words, the, the concentration here is on Mary. And I, uh, as I say that, I, it's gonna sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. We love to give Mary praise in this story, but what I actually want us to learn today, I actually want us to learn from Martha. Because there's something that she did that I think will touch all of our lives. If you go back down to uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 40, I want you to, 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 let's just read this together. It says, Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. So she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Don't do, I want you to look at what she's saying, but I also want you to think about how she might say it. By the way, this is okay. It's okay for you to read the word and kind of put, your, put yourself in the position and put a little emotion into it. Can we, not, can we just be a church that's not scared of emotions, being that the fact that God is the one that gave us them? Hello. So there was some emotion. Martha was a real person. So I don't think she went to it and went to Jesus like, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? I think it was more like, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? You know what Martha was doing with Jesus? She was being passive aggressive. (laughs) That's what she was doing. Like, Lord, I'm not sure if you noticed or not, but we got to eat. There's this dinner that has to happen tonight. I'm over here busting my butt in the kitchen. And Mary, she's sitting having a cocktail listening to you. <laughs> That's what she's doing. Would you tell Mary? And then, and then, and then she, you can tell Martha gets tired of being passive-aggressive passive and she just goes over into aggressive. She just tells Jesus, tell her to come and help me. Just imagine for a moment, this is Jesus. This is the Son of God. Just... I mean, I don't know if it's his prior. I actually haven't read the timeline on this, but we see later on in scripture or before, he didn't have a problem with making dinner. He kind of took a couple fish and made a lot of them, some bread. In other words, he could get dinner done if he wanted to. Jesus knew what was going on, but Martha was just like, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there's, there's, a, there's something wrong going on in the house. Not sure. Hey, Jesus, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of questioning your, your discernment. I don't know if you have your discernments on, but something's going on here. You look through the story and you see that Martha was doing everything wrong. Number one, she was doing the wrong thing. She was distracted. She was passive aggressive with Jesus. <laughs> she told Jesus what to do. She pretty much said to Jesus, hey, I'm right, you're wrong. You don't see it like I see it. Jesus, you don't see it like I see it. Jesus, you should be doing something different than what I think should be, be, uh, be done. 
And we want to sit here and, and I'm, I'm kind of bashing Martha, to be honest. It was, in her, it was out of her frustration or passive aggressiveness. All these things were happening. But there's something more important that I want you to grab a hold of today. There was something more important that she was doing. You know what she was doing? She was being honest with Jesus. She was being honest with him. She got right up in his grill and said, Lord, I, this, do, this doesn't seem right. And hear me today, it was her honesty that invited Jesus into the deep places of her heart so that he could reveal something to Martha that she'd never seen before. Look at what happens next in the story. Verse 41 said, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Another translation says, the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Jesus didn't address the dinner plans. He didn't address Mary and say, yeah, Mary, you should probably go. He didn't say, Martha, yeah, you know what? You're right. This is the issue. You know what he did? It, he got into the deep places of her heart and said, you know what, Martha, you're actually an anxious and worried person. You deal with anxiety. You deal with worry. And what led to that light bulb moment? What led to Jesus actually be, being able to speak that into her life? It was her honesty that invited him in that led to the revelation of her worry, her fear, and her anxiety. Are you seeing this today? She was honest with him. She was honest with him. Okay, would you put yourself into her shoes today? Would you talk to Jesus that way? Would you talk to him that way? I'm not necessarily encouraging that you talk to him this way. But I want you to just to, to get the point that there was an honesty. There was a position that Martha, you know, it, it, was, even, it was even Martha that invited Jesus in. Isn't that interesting? Contrast Martha inviting Jesus to her house with the story of the Roman centurion that had his daughter who, was, who needed healing. And Jesus said, yeah, I'll come to your house and heal her. And he was like, mm, I don't need you at my house. I'm not worthy of you being at my house. There was something about Martha that she, she knew her position with Jesus. She, she was, you can tell she was, she was kind of close to him. She had a relationship with him. I don't think she would be talking to Jesus this way if, if, if she realized the fullness of who he really was, but also if she wasn't close to him. I believe Martha had an intimate relationship with Jesus. I believe she was a lot like us. She had her moments. You know what I love about Martha? It wasn't Mary that invited him in, it was Martha. Only problem with Martha is she didn't know what to do when Jesus showed up. She was on a journey. But it was in her honesty that things began to change for her. She got an answer, hear me today, she got an answer she didn't even know she needed. I want to ask you today, can you be honest with him? Will you start to be honest with God? When you come to him, would you say things like, 
God, I feel alone. I know your word says that you never leave me and you never forsake me. But you know what, God? It actually feels like you've left me and you've forsaken me. God, you've abandoned me. Where are you? Why aren't you here? Why haven't you helped me in this situation, God? Why is my family still going through this? Why is my son still struggling with this? Why is my daughter going through this in high school? Why does my marriage seem like it's always on the rocks? God, I'm I'm pursuing you. I I don't know anything better to do. God, the pastor keeps saying you'll show up, but you have not shown up. Can we get honest with him? Can we have conversations like during worship? Man, Lord, I really tried to press in today, but must have been the worship team or something because I didn't feel anything. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really like to go to that church. They just, you know, the worship team just, just don't really know how to pursue God. Sorry, I was just talking like a lot of Christians talk real quick. Sometimes we have these moments in worship where we judge the worship team or we judge ourselves. And I'm not saying, telling you what to do here, but I'm talking about just being able to go to God and say, God, you know what? I tried to press in. I raised my hands. I was, I was trying to be as focused as I could and I just didn't feel you today. Why? You see, because it's in this honesty that we invite him in to the places in our heart that he's never been. And we just get really, really transparent with him. And we just say, God, I'm reading it, but I ain't seeing it. And I know this, this may be bothering some of you a little bit because you're asking the question, isn't that being disrespectful to him? Are you saying... Are you saying, pastor, that we can disrespect God? I'm not saying to be disrespectful to God. I'm saying one of the reasons we're not honest is because we're afraid we're disrespecting God. We're afraid that when we get honest, we dishonor him. We're afraid that when we get honest, that we, that we begin to, if, if, how many word of faith, you grew up word of faith? Raise your hand. Word of faith people in here. I know you're in here, yeah. Here, here's the thing. Word of faith people would say, I can't talk to God that way because there's no faith in that. Watch out, brother. If you say it, you're gonna claim it. Don't be saying things you don't want to claim. Don't be, you know, if you don't want to manifest in your life, don't talk about it. And, and, and that can steal this honesty with God. But can I just say in this story, Martha was not afraid of being honest. Martha was borderline disrespectful. And yet look at what Jesus, look how Jesus responded. He said, my dear Martha, He said, my dear Martha. Other translations said he said said her name twice. Martha, Martha, Martha. (laughs) That is not the response I would have expected from Jesus. I want you to think about that for just a moment. If you were just to read how Martha talked to Jesus and just were to guess how Jesus would have responded, how would you think he would respond? Because for me, the way that I would respond is, hey, Martha, don't come at me like that. <laughs> Why are you up all, all up in my business? First of all, I'm Jesus. 
Second of all, you need to slow the anger thing going. You just need to calm down. Have a cocktail with Mary and sit here. It'd be better. And Jesus responds in grace. Jesus responds in mercy. You know, there's another person in scripture that didn't struggle with being honest with God. His name's David. I want to read these scriptures to you because I I want this to get so deep down in your heart that it's actually okay to be honest with God. Look at what David says in Psalms 13. He says, oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you've rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he's good to me. You can read, keep reading all throughout scripture. Another example, Psalms 22. This one really gets me. He says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Look at the honesty that he has with him. Why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. This is fascinating to me. Look how honest. He told the God of the universe, the one who has delivered him out of a lot of junk in his life, the David, when he was a young boy, defeated a giant when all the grown men were too scared to. This David, if anybody should know that God hasn't left him, it's David. And yet here in this moment, he says, every day I call to you, my God, but you don't answer. Every night I lift my voice, I find no relief. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. I want you to grab two things before we close today. Number one, It's okay to be honest with God. We see, could you put that scripture back up? Psalms 22. We see see David right here. He, He gets really, really honest with God. But what's amazing about this is the point that I'm making today is that our honesty leads to intimacy. Our honesty leads to closeness. And guess what happens when you get close to God? All of a sudden you get a little hope. All of a sudden you get a little faith. All of a sudden you get a reminder how good he is, how amazing he is, how confident you can be in him. We literally get to see David walking through this in in his writing. He starts off with honesty. You've abandoned me. You're far away. But all of a sudden you notice in the Psalms what happens. He switches. And all of a sudden in verse three, yet you're holy. Enthroned on the praises of Israel. And then he just begins to talk to God and talk himself up. Uh, You know, our ancestor trusted in you. You rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. See, you, you can even see in his life, he got honest, he was honest, and then he got close, he got close. And then all of a sudden, faith came, 
hope came, answer came. Honesty invited. It was an invitation for God to come in and say, hey, bro, you're thinking the wrong way. I haven't left you. I know you feel that way, but I haven't. There will be moments that you will have with God where he will come so close to you in your honesty. I want to encourage you today as you go throughout this week, take some moments to get really, really honest with God. Get honest with him. I want you to have conversations that sound like, Lord, you know, I know it's not about what I do and I know I can't earn your, your grace and your favor, but man, I've been, I feel like I've been doing all the right things and yet so-and-so over here in my job gets the promotion and I don't. God, like what is up with that? They're, they're not even nice, Lord. They're vegan, God. I mean, whatever you, whatever you want to say. I don't know where that came from. Hello. It's probably because I've been trying to eat vegan and my mind is not there. Um, <clears throat> come on, somebody. We, we love meat at this church. We love ribeyes. And, sorry. Sorry, just being honest with you today. But we do, we have, we just have those moments. We have those moments where we really, really tell them how we feel. We have counselors in this world that say, how do you feel? And they're able to handle how you feel. What makes you think that God of the universe can't handle how you feel? He can handle you. He can handle your feelings. He can handle your honesty. He would rather you be honest and a little bit edgy than to cover yourself up with fig leaves and hide from him when he shows up. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.